0: So we're in Mark chapter four. We are in a new series. Okay, can anyone, based on what's on the screen, tell us what our new series is on? What, what do you think it's about? What's it about? Uh, I saw Owen first. No, yeah, it is. It's parables. Good job, Owen. It is. It's on parables. So, what is a parable? What's going on? Let's talk about parables for just a second. A parable is usually defined as a story that Jesus would tell. So that he can explain something in simple terms for everybody to understand. That's a parable. Okay, and Jesus is definitely explaining some things. That definition is not wrong. He's definitely explaining some things, but that isn't the full definition of a parable. And this is where it's so important for you guys, okay? You might call a parable like an inside joke, okay? That's what a very serious inside joke. And what I mean is a, an inside joke kind of reveals who gets it and who doesn't. Does that make sense? And in the same way, a parable reveals who's in and who's out. How can you tell if they get it or not? And here's the key. Here's what I put in bold. What people do after they hear the parable reveals who really understood it. What people do after they hear the parable reveals who really understood it. Does that make sense? The goal of a parable is not just to understand it, church kids, the goal of a parable is not just to understand it, but to act on it. That shows if you really understood it. For example, this isn't a parable, but it's the same idea. If two people each get a letter in their mailbox that says, rent is late and it is due tomorrow, And they both read it, and they both understand it. Rent is late, due tomorrow. They both read it, they both understand it, but only one person pays the bill and the other one doesn't. That's what really reveals who gets it and who doesn't. Does that make sense? They both understood it, But only one person really appreciated what it said, therefore they're the only one that got it. That's what a parable is. The one who gets Jesus' parables is the person who not only understood the message, but acted on what was said. The one who gets Jesus' parables is the person who not only understood the message but acted on what was said. You'll see a lot of times in Scripture, Jesus tells a parable and the Pharisees want to kill him because of it. Well, they didn't understand it. No, no, no. They understood it and they hated it. That's why they wanted to kill him. They didn't like what they were understanding. See, it's not just about getting it. Once you get it, how you react to it shows whether you're in or not, whether you really get it or not. This is what parables do, and that is exactly what tonight's parable is about in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 verse 3 is where we're going to start. And we're going to go all the way through Mark chapter 4, verse 20 tonight, okay? This is the parable of the sower and the seeds, if you've ever heard about this before. This is a a Sunday school classic hit, and we're just going to take a deeper dive into it. So Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus says this. Let me see if I can find it in mine, too. All right, here we go. Listen to this, behold, the sower went out to sow. Wow, okay, here we go. So the first word in Mark chapter four, verse three is listen. You see that in your version? Listen, or if you're a KJV person, hats off to you. Hearken, okay, or now listen. The Greek word here for listen is akouo, it's where we get the word for acoustic from, like an acoustic guitar. Mark's gospel, so this story, the parable of the sower and the seeds, This parable is told in multiple gospels, okay? Mark's gospel is the only one where Jesus starts the story with this word, with listen, okay? And in fact, in verses 3, you don't have to remember all this, in verses 3, 9, 14, 16, 20, 23, and 24, they all have the theme in this chapter of listening or hearing. Jesus is not just trying to get their attention He's already starting to make his point, okay? He's already starting to share with you what this is about. Listening, here we go, listen, it's so funny because some of you aren't listening, it's just our Listening, I'm not trying to get, I'm just, I'm making the point. Listening and how you listen is so important here and this is what Jesus is trying to teach and get across. Listening and how you listen is going to have a huge factor in whether or not you go to heaven or hell, Listening and how you listen is a massive determining factor in how your spiritual life is gonna go and how your marriage is gonna go, how your family life is going to be, how your job is going to be. Listening and how you listen is part of what's gonna determine your eternal destiny. Look at verse three again, verse three again. Listen to this, behold, the sower went out to sow. A sower is planting seeds. Some versions may say a farmer. This is the same thing. That's what a sower, don't picture like, granny sitting with the thing. That's not what's happening, okay? Just as exciting, just as important, but that's not what he's doing, okay? This is a farmer, right? Okay, some versions say a farmer, that's the right idea. This word literally means someone who spreads seeds on the soil for harvest. Does that make sense? Our mercy right? Someone who spreads the seeds on the soil for the harvest, okay? Cool? Here we go. Jesus is, here's, here's what's about to happen. Jesus is about to show four kinds of soils okay, that represent four kinds of people, Pfft, right, that's what's about to happen, Jesus is going to show four kinds of soil that represent four kinds of people, he is talking about you here, and he is talking about me here, okay, you will be in this text, not your name, he's not gonna be like Taylor, but like, you're in here, okay, I'm in here, so he's talking to you, all right, here we go, um, Verse four, here is soil number one. So the guy goes out to spread the seed, and it lands on all these different kinds of soils. That's what's important. Verse four, here we go. Um, and when I find it, we are we As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Let me read four one more time. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and picked it up. Um... I have the joy once a week to drive to seminary in Atlanta, which means I get to drive on I-75 once a week. Um, And traffic on I-75, have you ever get to go on I-75. It's this place where you drive your car out to and then you just sit there for like an hour, okay? It's really easy, it, like, don't be afraid of driving I-75 because no one ever really drives I-75, you just kind of sit on I-75, does that make sense? There's this TikTok that's like, why is Atlanta always one hour away from Atlanta? And it's really funny. All right, here we go. Traffic is, uh, traffic is awful, right? Traffic is awful on I-75, but it's usually due to wrecks or construction on the road on 75. It's never because there's a tree growing in the middle of I-75. Does that make sense? There's, you don't have to like swerve to miss like some shrubs or like an oak or whatever. There's no plants on I-75, right? Because roads today, and even in Jesus' day, were not prepared for planting. The soil on the road isn't designed For a garden, it's soil that is traveled on, it is flat and hardened. Listen, the soil on the path is in no way prepared or ready for the seed that is given to it. It is too hard to receive the seed that is given to it. You see where we're already starting to get into the types of people? We'll get there. We're going to go, Jesus explains it later, but for now. It lands on the path and the path, the soil of the path is too hard to receive. So the seed just sits there on top of the path so the birds can easily see it and take it away. Does that make sense? That's soil number one. Verse five, soil number two. Verse five, other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. Read five one more time. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. So, soil number two is rocky ground. This is not a pile of rocks. Don't picture a pile like a farmer is not going to be like, oh, this, this is this is the one. Like, no, they're not going to see that, right? Um, no farmer would say this looks like a good spot. Here we go. You ready? You ready? Here we go. This is soil that looks good on the surface but just beneath the surface, instead of nutrients and more soil, there is only hardened rock. This soil looks good on the surface, but then once the soil, and it says, it started to take root immediately because the ground was so shallow, but just below the surface is nothing but hard rocks. This soil is not good for lasting growth for deep roots over time. Let's talk about dating for two seconds. Um, yeah, and now you listen. Let's talk about dating for two seconds. Um, be careful, be careful with dating because looks are, oh shoot, looks are what attract you and that's fine, that's fine and good, but looks will only get you so far, right? Ladies, is there—is it rocky soil? How do things go when you go deeper in the relationship? fellas? Is it rocky soil? How does it go when she gets deeper into the relationship? This is not a sermon about dating, but golly, does it not apply? Right? We need to look for roots that grow over time. At fir- but listen, listen. Look at verse five one more time. Look at verse five one more time. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because the depth had no so- because the soil had no depth. Immediately it sprang up. That's good. That's a good thing. You can't tell someone's Christian walk immediately. Because immediately, it's a good thing, you see. But then trouble comes, verse 6. Then trouble comes, verse 6. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. So notice in verse six, this is as soon as the sun has risen. So the sun's not even burning at the hottest part of the day yet. This is just at the first sign of too much heat. At the first sign of trouble, the sun had just shown its first few rays. And because of the shallowness of the soil, the plant immediately withered and died. Do you see this? Because of the shallowness of the soil, the plant immediately withered and died. Soil number three, verse seven. Soil number three, verse seven. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. One more time. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crops. This soil has not been properly cleansed and cleared of thorns and weeds which cut the seed off from the air and prevents it to grow. Does that make sense? This soil has not been cleared of the, um, of the burdens and distractions that weigh down the seed. Does that make sense? So it can't get to the air and the sunlight to grow. This seed might grow a little but the pressure from the thorns cut it off and it cannot bear fruit. Last soil, verse eight, and then we'll explain it. Verse eight, other seed fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. The good soil. This soil is not like hard road soil. But it is in the field and is soft and is ready for the seeds. This soil has been prepared not just at the top visible level, but down underneath as well. This soil has some depth to it. And lastly, this soil has been properly cleansed and cleared of any thorns and thistles that would affect it from growing. Does that make sense? That's the good soil. The fruit grew 30, 60, 100 fold. The point is not so much the numbers. <laughs> Amen, don't focus, don't worry about the numbers. The point is not so much on the numbers. The point is that all of the good soil results in health and growth, okay? So there's the four kinds of soils. Now we have a bit of a break here where Jesus will speak more for a minute and then he'll explain it. Does that make sense? And then he'll <laughs> wait till we explain it. All right we go, verse nine. And Jesus was saying, whoever has ears to hear let him hear, whoever has ear, oh that's profound, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear, so in order to benefit from this parable, listen, in order to, ha, listen, see what I did, in order to benefit from this parable, you need the proper ears to hear it, the right motives, the willingness to act on it, or else you won't get it, or you will get it, but it'll make you angry and you won't accept it. Whoever has the right motive, let him hear what the word of God is saying. Verses 10 through 12, verses 10 through 12. We're already over halfway, you guys are crushing it. 10 through 12, I mean you guys aren't doing anything, but you get it, 10 through 12. No, you are, you're doing a lot. As soon as Jesus was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables, and he was saying to them, To you it has been given the mystery and the kingdom of God, but to those who are who are outside, they get everything in parables. Verse twelve, so that while seeing they may see so while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. This is important. Verses 10 through 20, what we're about to get into, verses 10 through 20 is one of the only times in the whole Bible Jesus stops to explain what the parable means. Usually, he just kind of leaves it. Does that make sense? Um, but, and it's certainly the longest breakdown of a parable that we have. My question is why? Why this parable? Why does Jesus take the time to wide open this parable and explain? Why not the prodigal son? Please explain the prodigal son to me. Why not parables on prayer? Why not explain the parables on prayer? Why take the time on this one? Why take the time to make sure they get it? Here's why. And this is important. Like, who cares, right? This is why I'm explaining it to you, because this is important. The prodigal son is a story about grace to tax collectors and sinners. The parables on prayer are about how to pray. That's their goal. That's what they're about. And here with the soils, Jesus wants to make sure they get it because this is a parable about getting it. Why does it take so much time to help them understand? Because this is a parable about understanding and what it really means to understand. Of course Jesus is gonna explain a parable that's about explaining the parables. That's why Jesus talks about listening and hearing and understanding in seven different verses of this chapter. That's why Jesus doesn't just start his story in verse three, but he tells them specifically to listen. They're already, he's Jesus, they're already listening. Why does he say that? Because that's the theme. Listen, are we really listening? Do we have ears to hear? Do we understand the meaning of the story so much that we act on it? Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. So that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. While hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they may turn and be forgiven. So the people in, this, in verse 12, they see, but they don't appreciate what they see. They hear, but they don't understand what they're hearing. Verse 12 in my Bible is in all caps. Is it in all caps in your Bible? Or does it have like a quote around it, maybe something like that? This is because it's from the Old Testament. Verse 12 is a quote from the Old Testament, and it's from Isaiah chapter six, and it's about Israel, okay? It's about a time when Israel had the prophets of God, and they heard the prophets, but they never got it. The message never sunk into the soil of their hearts. How do we know if we have ears to hear? How do you know if you got it? How do you know if you get it? The answer is this. What kind of soil is in your heart? What kind of soil is in your heart and mine? Verse 13, he begins to get into it. Verse 13, Mine says explanation. So he's going to explain. Verse 13. And Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? So again, this parable is about getting it. Jesus is saying, If you don't get the parable that is about getting it, how will you understand all the other parables? You're not going to understand any of them if you don't understand that this parable is about understanding. Verse 14. Verse 14. Verse 14. The sower sows the word. So the seed that we've been seeing that is spread is the word of God, the Bible. And the sower is the preacher, your parents, um, the word being sung or taught or modeled by teachers, older siblings, etc. And notice, notice, the seed in this parable always falls on the same way on all four soils. It always says, And some fell, and some fell, and other fell, and some fell, and then it fell again. The seed is spread the same way every time. The seed is not the point here. There is nothing wrong with how the seed is being presented. There's nothing wrong with how the word is being presented. It's all about the condition of the heart that is receiving it. It's all about the condition of the heart that is receiving it Verse 15, so back to soil number one, but now person number one. Does that make sense? Soil number one, person number one. Verse 15, and when I find it, there we go. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. So this is soil number one. This is the road, I-75, the path where it lands, right? Listen to what he says. Read 15 again. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown, and when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. The people... So people number one, the people signified by the soil of their hearts being on the road. These are people who do not care about God's word. These are people, but they hear it. They hear it. So these are people who are within distance of hearing God's word, but they don't care about what they're hearing. These are not like people out doing whatever that you look down on. These are people in the church building who are within hearing shot of the word of God who do not care about what's happening, who do not want to learn. There are those of us who would not be here if our parents didn't force us to go. There are those of us who would not be here if this is not where we had to be tonight, or who like being here, but just because of the social aspect, just because of the games or the social interaction. But once the preaching starts, our eyes get droopy, our minds start to wander, start thinking about that person we have a crush on. Start thinking about our homework, just equal level, right? That person you have a crush on and your homework, wow. Start thinking about homework, and listen, listen, and the words, listen, because it's happening right now, and the words I'm saying don't even make it to your seat. The words that I'm saying don't even make it to your seat because there's no point. These people, their hearts are hard like the road. It doesn't mean they're bad kids. Like, don't picture like, oh, I know this guy, he's a drug dealer. He, No, 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 I'm not talking about the drug dealer here. They could be good kids. They could be nice kids. Listen, listen, it's not whether they're nice or not, it's that they don't care. They don't care about what's being said and sung up here. The soil, remember, the soil of the road wasn't fit, it wasn't softened to receive the word. In the same way, their hearts are not softened to receive the Bible when it's being preached. They don't care. Remember this, remember this, because man, this is so important in your day. Spiritual warfare in our day, angels and demons and whatever, I don't care, Spiritual warfare in our day is not hauntings, exorcisms, etc. Spiritual warfare in our day is what happens in your head and in your heart while you sit in that chair. Spiritual warfare in our day is not demons and angels and exorcisms and whatever. It's what happens in your head and your heart when you sit in that chair. Satan sees that you're bored that you don't care, that you don't get it, and you don't want to, so he will come and make sure you stay that way. He will snatch the word before while it just lays there on your broken, cold heart, and he'll take it away. That is the spiritual warfare in our day. Listen, I would encourage you, when you go through something particularly difficult during your week, in practice, with family, whatever, push and pray that God would use that difficulty to make you hyper-focused on Wednesday night or Sunday morning. Take that difficulty and rather than letting it distract you, bring it to God on Wednesday or Sunday morning so that you'll, you'll want to Don't let them be used by Satan to keep the word away from you. Use them to get the word to, your, to you faster. God, I need help with these things. I don't know how this is gonna shake out with mom and dad. I don't know what's gonna happen this week at practice. God, I need you right now. And use that difficulty to let God get to you faster. Verses 16 and 17. So that's person number one, the path that's too hard. Here's soil number two, or person number two. Remember this is the rocky, it's shallow and there's just rocky under it. Okay, verses 16 and 17. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seed was sown in the rocky places who when they hear the word, immediately Receive it with joy, pause. Remember in the rocky soil, it sprouted up immediately. Remember that, it just couldn't last over time. All right, here we go. Verse 16, immediately receive it with joy, verse 17, and they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, when affliction and persecution arise, remember the sun comes up, then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. We're gonna read 16 and 17 one more time and then I'll explain it, okay? In a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy and they have no firm root in themselves but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. These are people who have a great start and then they're gone, notice they were doomed from the start because from the start the soil of their hearts was only shallow this is not the church's fault college kids especially this is not the church's fault this is not your fault or my fault in jesus's day These would have been people who loved Jesus' miracles, or even liked his teaching in kind of a TED Talk, Instagram kind of way, like, oh, I'll I'll go, all right, the crowd's going, all right, my boyfriend's going, I'll be there, I'll be there. They kind of follow the crowd there, so they follow him. But then when pressure hits, and they see how much this faith will cost them, they fall away. The same, thing. here we go, the same thing, you can just, the same thing happens today, except instead of miracles, it's beach camp or collide, or something like that. They are excited, they are expectant. As soon as you fill the baptistry, they're just in, like cannonball, they're just in there, and it's splashing, everyone's mad, but nobody cares, because grandma's crying, and all oh, we're so excited, whatever. They're, they're, and they are so hype, immediately after. But eight days after collide is over, so are they. Does that make sense? As soon as the event is over, and life gets back to normal, Oh man, church means I don't have free time during this hour. I'm sorry, Ryan. You know, Ryan, I, I love you, dude, but I'm I'm really going for a scholarship, so I got to. Uh, this is just this is this just ain't me. According to this verse, sixteen and seventeen, their excitement about God. So remember them during the event. They're so hype. You're so hyped. You you love it. You're crying. You're ugly crying, and you don't care because she's ugly crying too, and whatever. We're oh we're gonna get married and sit together forever. Oh, it's amazing. All the all the violins. I don't know where violins. It's amazing. Oh whatever. All this hype. Cannot k- hype, cannot kill a false god. Which is why we do hype here at PVN, but we're not going to go to the map for it, because hype cannot kill a false god. Hype can can affect the shallow ground, right? Play the play the bridge, and what a beautiful name again. Oh, hype can affect the shallow ground but it cannot get in to uproot the rockiness that's deep in your heart. Does that make sense? To get rid of the fake gods in your heart. I was teaching at Shorter a couple years ago to a class, and we were just talking about Jesus being the center of your life, and I did not pay the kid. I couldn't believe how perfect it was, but it was, it was also really sad, so maybe I shouldn't have started that. Um, he raised his hand, and he said this. He said, uh, my whole life, he was a big guy, and he said, my whole life, My family and my friends have told me that I'm going to the NFL. They've told me that I've got the gift. All my coaches, all my friends, everyone's been hyping me up, telling me I could go to the NFL, and he said, I'm a sophomore in college, and I'm just now realizing that I'm not gonna be good enough to go to the NFL, and I have no idea what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. I have no idea what I'm gonna do. You know, one of the good things about suffering in our lives, now it's still awful, it's suffering, listen, One of the good, things about the shallow soil that's just below the surface. One of the good things about suffering in our life is that it destroys superficial Christianity in your life. One of the good things about suffering is that it destroys the superficial shallowness of the soil and is tough enough to get into the rocks and break them up so that you are deeper as a person. Does that make sense? That's one of the good things about suffering. Don't, I don't care how much homework I've got. I don't care how, about sports right now. I don't care how, about my free time. I need to hear the word this week because my family's in trouble. I need to hear the word this week because I just went through a horrible breakup and I don't know what to do. I need to hear this wor- the word this week because I'm about to have to choose a college and I have no idea what to do. Suffering breaks in and, and see, you see what I'm saying? You need the word. When Kristen's stepdad died uh, a year after we got married, so Kristen, Karina, and then Bailey was a senior in high school. Some of you may stalk her on Instagram. Uh, Bailey was a senior in high school when her dad died. Senior in high school when her dad died. And he was airlifted from Floyd up to Erlanger in Tennessee. Listen, he was airlifted to Erlanger in Tennessee where he spent the last week of his life passing away. And you know what's funny? The whole week we were there, Bailey never mentioned how much homework she had. She never mentioned sports. Bailey's really good at a good soccer player. She never mentioned sports that week. She never was all that concerned about how much free time she had or was losing. But we talked about God a lot. Because these superficial rocks that are taking up space in your soul, choking out what's going on in your soul, when God allows suffering to come into your life, when God moves you from your living room to the hospital bed, sports are not going to be enough. Good grades are not going to be enough. Those are, sports are fine. Good grades are fine, but they will not hold you the way God can. They can't break up the soil in your soul the way God can, which is why we go through the Bible every week here and we will continue to Listen, you need to know that, that that games and hype will not help you with its stage four and you have chemo on Monday. But God's word can. Which is why we do this every week, and we'll continue every week, and you're going to hang out with these weird college kids every week because they care about this book as much as I do. And their goal is when you get to college, when you start dating that guy for the first time who's pushing too far too fast and mom and dad aren't around, you've got to have this. When you have to figure out your first job, you've got to have this which is why we do these things. Okay, whatever, soil number three, 18 and 19. Okay, soil number three, 18 and 19. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the, here it is, remember the thistles and thorns? These are the ones who have heard the word, so the seed is spread, and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So they hear the word, but the thistles and thorns represent the other things they care about, and it chokes out the Bible. It is, this soil is showing us It is impossible to worship Jesus and something else. It is impossible. In Jesus's day, it was people consumed with the world around them. And it's the same in our day. Our day is full of distraction. You know, people will ask me, what's the secret to a good prayer life? What's the secret to a good prayer life? Here's what they really mean when they ask me that. What they really mean is, how can I have a good prayer life and not give up anything else? In the process, how can I have a good prayer life and still get to live my life? What if you're, ladies? What if you're the guy you're, you're going to marry was like was asking me, how can I be a good husband to her and not have to give up anything that I used to do? You can't. You can't do it. It's not possible. We have to take the time to clear out and cleanse the soil in our heart so that we can lean into the word of God. We have to take the time. If only there was a way you could come to a, like a building or something once a week and just hear the word for like an hour, str- uh, if only, oh, what is it? Like, if only there, we have to clear out the time for the But not listen, not just time. This isn't just about time management. This is about clearing out sinful habits in our lives too. There's stuff, and you know, you know I'm not trying to, but there, you know, there's stuff in your life that if you watch it or listen to it, it just turns you away from the things of God. It turns your heart away from God. But here's the other thing too, Gen Z, and millennials, maybe the three of us in here, it also, there are also things that don't, don't turn you, listen, they don't turn you away from God, but they numb you to him. They numb you. Him. There's a great article on the Gospel Coalition's website called Meming Ourselves to Death, M-E-M-E, Memeing Ourselves to Death. Listen to what he says here. Now just chill out because I'm not going to be that guy, but just hang in. Taking serious things... And always turning, listen, taking serious things and always turning them into memes or jokes creates an environment where everything is a joke and nothing nourishes our soul. Listen to this next part and think about the soil in your heart. Memes can take serious things and rob them of their beauty. Without beauty, the heart becomes hard and is no longer breakable. It is no longer open to the serious words of men or of God. One more time. Memes can take serious things and rob them of their beauty. Without beauty, the heart becomes hard and is no longer breakable. It is no longer open to the serious words of men or the serious words of God. Please don't come away from this, but oh, Ryan doesn't like memes. I, I enjoy a meme, okay? I like memes, but listen, listen, listen. You're a fool if you don't think it's doing something to you. If taking something that is serious and intense and turning it into a joke every single time, it's doing, it's effect, it affects your brain. When we take serious things like the Word of God or church culture, I'm talking to college leaders as much as I'm talking to me and you. When we take serious things like the, like the, the body of Christ and flip it into a joke every single time. That's going to affect how you see the serious things of God. It numbs us out to this. So you hear the word preached, verses 18 and 19. But the sinfulness of our lives turn us away from it. Or the silliness of our culture turns us away from it. I want you to enjoy social media. It's a gift, God, I mean God wasn't like asleep at the wheel and then the devil invented social media. Like this is a gift of God too. I want you to enjoy social media. Listen, but you gotta know this is affecting your soul. It affects how we see things and how we think about things. Don't numb your soul to the things of God and the church of God. Verse 20, soil number four, last one. And then the band will play us one more song and those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold. Did you hear this? They hear the word and accept it. Two sides of the coin of salvation. They hear the word, church kids, and they accept it To show that you really do get it means that you apply what you've understood. Uh, James tells it, well the book of James, I'm sure James Bradshaw thinks this too, but the book of James says, religion that does not change your actions is no religion at all. Religion that does not change your actions is no religion at all. I find that most of our hearts are a mixture of these soils, right? Once we are honest about what soil we're in, how hardened our hearts are, how distracted we are, how maybe we're not as deep of a Christian as we, as we give off that vibe that we're, oh man, I've, I've been to Sunday school once this month. I think I'm, you know, like we give off that vibe. Maybe we, maybe we begin to realize, man, my heart is totally hardened. I could give a rip every time I come in here. I, I, I've never seen this before. Or maybe we're the other one and we're, man, I give off this impression of being a deep, good Christian person, but I'm, I'm, I'm about this deep. And as soon as I go, as soon as I set foot out of this building, my walk with the Lord is, is over until next Wednesday. Or maybe we're the third soil and we're way, you're way more distracted than you thought you were. Or you're so numbed out from making fun of church culture that you didn't even realize it. Whatever the case may be, our goal as a ministry this year is to get the soil the right way. To get the soil of your hearts the right way. So that that way you can receive the word. And, and guys, when suffering comes into your life, I mean when it all just hits the fan and mom doesn't know what to do and dad doesn't know what to do and you're, you feel like you're in free fall, it's awful. It <laughs> One, it's awful. But two, it's not all awful, because the Lord is using that in your life to break through the hard ground. Like, no one's out there on the path being like, come on, gee whiz. That doesn't work. You've got to have a shovel made of steel that breaks into the soil, and the Lord will do that in our lives to bring us closer to him. But lastly, This is what the power of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. This is what the power of Jesus through the Bible does in our lives. It breaks through our cold, dead hearts and brings us to life. And that's what we're going to try to do this semester in our parable series.